Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. Today, I'm going to introduce you to a concept from neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. If you don't know, I'm a master trainer in NLP, and in a few episodes, I'm going to be sharing the structure of an NLP technique that you can utilize to shift behavior, shift your habits, use to move in a whole new direction if you want. But a short definition of NLP is that it is a model of subjective experience, It's how we process information. It's how we represent the world in our head. And if we change how we represent our world, our experience, then we change the emotional content. We change, we literally change how we experience it. What has always surprised my clients when I work with them utilizing NLP is that we'll do a process and something that has been plaguing them for years is gone in an instant and seemingly with no effort all because we shifted how it was represented in their head. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing a distinction from NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. In fact, I should probably break down what Neuro Linguistic Programming means because a lot of people have this impression that it's a very manipulative uh, discipline. So Neuro means nervous system. Linguistics refers to the process of internal communication. Originally, it was centered around a language model. Because as human beings, we tend to represent experiences in language. If we shift the language aspect of it and and recapture some of the aspects of the experience that are deleted, distorted, or generalized and get more specific, we can often initiate change just in changing how we talk about something. The programming aspect is what a lot of people get hung up about. It's your ability to program your communication to affect your nervous system or your neural responses. And so the power lies in your hands. Over the years, NLP has changed a lot. There's a lot of different people, a lot of different teachers, a lot of different approaches. And there is not necessarily anymore a systematic approach to teaching NLP. My first course in neurolinguistic programming was a 21-day intensive a residential intensive where I lived there for 21 days. I lived, thought, breathed it. It was a part of me. And my investment was the equivalent of about $8,000 just for the classes. I say equivalent because I took the course in 1988 and the dollar, the, the value of the dollar has changed significantly since then. But enough about the history of NLP. We'll just consider it. It's a discipline of personal change or a collection of techniques. So the distinction that I would want to share with you today is the idea of threshold. Now, a threshold for a door is what you walk through. It's at the very bottom of the doorway. You basically walk from one room into the next, crossing the threshold. It's been a tradition for newlyweds, to for the groom to pick up the bride and carry her across the threshold leaving the single life behind and stepping into a married existence, a co-partnership. So in NLP terms, as a distinction, and a distinction is any term that we make distinct 
in our experience so we can use it. It becomes a tool after we create a distinction. So as a distinction, it is that point in time where we leave one state of mind and move into another. It's typically referring to a decision point. Now that you have an idea what it's about, let's talk about it in more depth. Since NLP deals with personal change, crossing a threshold is where you make a decision not to be a particular way anymore. Let me give you some examples, and these are naturally occurring examples. Let's say that you're in a committed relationship and your partner continually leaves something on the floor, in the middle of the floor, in the middle of, you know, where you tend to walk. And they don't think anything of it and you get irritated when you first come across it, but you don't say anything. For instance, my wife used to have the habit of taking off her shoes or sandals and leaving them in the middle of the floor. And then I get up early in the morning and I'm walking around in the dark and I end up tripping over them. And at first, I didn't say anything. It just, you know, she just took her shoes off. So I cursed myself out, like pay more attention, and I put the shoes where they belong or out of the way. And then it would happen again and again. And each time I was irritated. And then that was stacked on the time before. And then I think it was about five times that it happened and I couldn't take it anymore. I addressed it. And I said, you cannot leave your shoes in the middle of the floor. You're not the only one that lives here. And when you leave them here, I end up tripping over them. So I'm making a request that you just put your shoes over where everyone else keeps their shoes. Now, this conversation took place before she was actually my wife. But when I had that conversation with her, she was like, no big deal. Sure, no problem. I'll put them over there. I didn't realize was causing you an issue. And why would she? Because I never said anything. But I crossed the threshold on my willingness to be able to tolerate it and not say anything because each time I experienced tripping over them, there was a source of irritation. And then that irritation was stacked on top of the one before that and then the one before that. And it just got to be too much for me to bear. We crossed threshold. Another way of thinking of this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. And what exactly does that mean? Well, if you're loading up a camel, they're usually kneeling on the ground. And so you load a bundle on. And when you load a bundle on, they usually grunt and groan a little bit. And then you load another bundle on and they groan and grunt a little bit. And then you load another one on and they groan and grumble a little bit. Then you load another one on, they don't say anything. It's actually, that's one load too many. So at that point, you know to unload that bundle, and that's all the load that the camel can carry. And so the straw that breaks the camel's back is that they can carry a lot until they can't. And then that moment, that threshold, that moment where they can no longer tolerate, no longer take that load, that is the moment of change. Now, there's a lot of ways that people talk about this phenomenon, and sometimes it's referred to as the last straw. It just happened one time too many, and then everything shifted. Or they say it it happened again and again, and then it just became too much. And what we've learned is that when someone crosses threshold, when it gets to be too much, it's really difficult to reverse the action. Once you make a decision to not put up with it anymore, You almost never, ever return to your original state. It's like something breaks inside. 
This seems to happen a lot with women in relationship. They'll, uh, they'll approach their partner for a change in behavior again and again, and they're not really over the top about it. They, they talk about it as a concern, and the husband doesn't necessarily do anything about it because it doesn't seem that intense. And so that behavior could persist over time until it happens one time too many and something breaks in her and she leaves. She's done. She doesn't want to deal with it anymore. This happens on the job. If you're treated a particular way, you tend to overlook it or you tolerate it. It's just kind of the way it is here. Or a boss treats you a particular way until it becomes one time too many. And then you're done. Like, I quit. And they say something like, they pushed me and pushed me, and then they pushed me too far. So hopefully, as you're listening to my descriptions, you're getting a sense of what the internal dynamic, the internal emotional state is, where it becomes too much, too intense, and then there's a shift. So far, I've been talking about somewhat naturally occurring circumstances and how people reach threshold. Well, in NLP, we've discovered that we can do this on purpose. We can actually stack the impact, stack these negative feelings, these negative kinesthetics, these negative sensations, and associate them with a particular behavior. Now, the word associated and dissociated are very important because typically when we're in the mode of tolerating a behavior, tolerating a circumstance in our life, we're somewhat dissociated from the total impact on our life. How is it really making us feel? What's the cost of it? What's the total cost of it? We ju it just seems like a minor inconvenience at the time, and we're not present to or associated to the real impact over time. For instance, I had a client that had smoked for 45 years, every day, multiple packs of cigarettes a day, he knew that it was not good for him. He knew from his personal experience. He was coughing a lot more. He was having trouble breathing, was out of breath going up the stairs. His family told him that it was not a good idea. They didn't like the smoke. But all that concern was not enough for him to quit. But it wasn't until he went to the doctor at age 60 and the doctor had a frank conversation with him, sat him down and said, if you do not quit smoking today, you will be dead in less than five years. He showed him an x-ray of his lungs. There's a lot of black spots and said, these are going to lead to your premature death. If you quit, it's possible to clean this up and extend your life many, many years. But you need to make the decision today. The doctor asked him, do you have any kids? Do you have any grandkids? And the man replied proudly, I have six grandbabies. They're all under the age of 10. They are my pride and joy. I love spending time with them. The doctor said, well, if you don't quit, you're not going to be around to see them graduate. And the doctor added, the worst part of it, if you don't quit, you're not going to die quickly. You're going to die miserably and slowly. At the end of your life, you'll hardly be able to take a breath. You'll be dying and gasping for air. You will actually want someone to put you out of your misery. And so, the choice is yours. The doctor, with his expertise, with his sense of authority, stacked the evidence in a way where the man crossed threshold. He quit that moment. Cold turkey. He was done. 
It's been 20 years, and not only did he quit smoking, but he changed his entire lifestyle, changed his nutritional eating habits, his exercise habits. He is healthier today at 82 than he ever was all his life. It was that conversation with the doctor where he crossed threshold, made a decision, enough is enough, I'm done. The prospect of having another 10, 15, 20 years with his grandkids was more valuable to him than the pleasure of smoking. In fact, it wasn't even pleasurable anymore. Now, you've probably noticed that we've been talking about pain and pleasure, and this is in that conversation that we started a few episodes ago about the pleasure principle and stacking the pain. When it becomes painful enough, we make change. Threshold is that moment of decision where we move in a new direction. It's as if we've had enough. It's the last straw. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back. No more are we going to do this. So until I release the episode of the NLP technique that will utilize this distinction that I shared with you today, I would like you to ask yourself the question, what are you currently tolerating in your life that if you could eliminate it, would make a big difference. Is there a habit, a behavior, an addiction in you, or maybe even someone else that you've been tolerating? And then ask the question, what is it costing you in satisfaction, in money, time, to have this perpetuate in your life? Since I was talking about smoking, I had another client where all I did was ask the question, how much do you spend on cigarettes every day? every week. And all they said was a lot. And I said, well, let's figure it out. We sat down and calculated how many cigarettes they were smoking a day. What did that translate in packs per day to packs per week? And when the total was done, it was over $6,000 a year they were spending on cigarettes. And I remember them saying back to me, $6,000? Are you serious? Like they weren't present to it. They weren't aware of it. They just knew it was a lot, but they didn't really tally it up. They weren't present to the total. Once they were, they quit immediately. So this can be used for habit change. It can be used for getting over or breaking an addiction, your addiction to a person or a substance. And it can be used in a number of different ways, and we'll go into that in a future episode. So until next time, this is your host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be interdirected as you engage in the epic adventure.